Libby. And I'm Farron. And this is the tip of the iceberg. That is what he told the police after she was examined by paramedics. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like fall. <laughs> is it bad that I didn't even know what the theme for the NFL was? Oh, no, it's not bad. I genuinely had to, like, when I never, I did not know what I was getting into when I clicked play. Oh, wow. You know how most times you're, you're like, oh, okay, I kind of think I know the basic gist of this melody line? Not at all. Oh. Clearly I'm not a football person. No, that's okay. <laughs> Clearly no. That's okay. Well, if that beautiful and surprising theme did not give it away already today we are talking about football yeah and the nfl mm-hmm. that's right yeah welcome to the fall football season wow yeah it is football season is underway that's right and the broncos are not doing well okay well so that's too bad unless you don't care about the broncos well yeah unless you don't care about the broncos <laughs> then you'd be happy about it if you hate the Broncos. What if you're indifferent toward the Broncos? Then you don't care either way. Yes, that's that's my position. But here in Laramie, because we're right by Denver, they're like a huge thing and they're not doing well. Well? It's too bad. Get it together, Broncos. Yeah, they really need to. Do they have any perpetrators though? Yes. How many? Five? I don't know, but 10? I... 13? 61? I believe John Elway's perpy. And he's like their VP of football affairs or whatever. I think he's perpy. Oh, you're now on a hit list. I know, but I'm pretty sure he's perpy. And I know his son's been arrested for DD multiple times. How do you know that? Because it's been in the media. Okay. Because he's a lunatic and he gets arrested all the time for beating girls up Mm. on the street. Well, you know. And he's not a football player. John Elway's son. Well, not like a professional football player. I don't even know if he played college ball. I know he played in high school. But how hard would it be to not be a football player or to play yeah. high school football and then just not make it further than that? And your dad and your is dad is John Elway. Yeah. Yeah. That would suck bad. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. That probably gives him an excuse to beat women. But I've heard that John Elway was not great to his wife, his first wife, his the mother of his children, that he was kind of an ass. Well, you know, and so when so, we're saying know. that his son was perpy, like I myth myth is that if you are abused, you will become abusive. Yeah. Myth. Mm-hmm. That's something that's thrown around a lot. That is absolutely a myth. And I will go to my grave fighting for the fact that that is a myth. Right. That said, what we know from research mm-hmm. and from our friend Lundy mm-hmm. is that if you are to become abusive, it's possible and likely that at some point in your life you have been exposed to Mm -hmm. abuse Mm -hmm. whether your mom was abused whether Mm -hmm. you were abused whatever Mm -hmm. but the trick is you know like there are lots of people that witnessed abuse or were exposed to abuse that live perfectly healthy lives and do not become abusive right what turns the tables on that is if they start to align themselves with the abuser in that situation like oh you know mom was a little crazy Mm mm-hmm like, 
I think she was cheating. Mm-hmm. She is trying trying to annoy him. Yeah. I guess, I mean, maybe strangulation is excessive, but <laughs> I see it. Yeah, it's like their values start to fall in line with their, exactly. the abuser's values. Yeah. And yeah. if your dad is a super... And I don't know if it's true, but I've always heard that, like, a child's biggest role model is their same-sex parent. I don't know how true that is. Um, and I'm sure not in every case, because there's plenty of kids who don't grow up with their same-sex parent. Mm-hmm. But if your father is present mm-hmm. and is a very influential person on your life mm-hmm. and you're a young male then it makes sense to me that yeah. if you see him being abusive to your mom that you could develop values that mirror his in terms of how to treat women 100 percent. well we learn everything from our parents really sure how to react what to do sure is it the opposite of what our parents do is it the same as what our parents do right that's like a constant evaluation especially mm-hmm. for you know older Young kids, like totally, yeah, young adults, teenagers. Yeah. So, well, we really went down the rabbit hole on that. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> we got way segued. <laughs> so the answer is yes. I believe that the there's probably some perps on the Broncos team. Oh, that's what we were talking. That was about. your question, and that was how we got there. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we are talking about football, mm-hmm. professional athletes, and domestic violence. This is something that comes up in the media all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, All the time. it's like huge right now. Yeah, and it has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. I just... Every time you turn around. I feel like I've just been hearing this forever. Yep. Not that anyone really cares, but it's always like popping up. And it's like, in general, it's like famous, powerful men mm-hmm. who abuse women or who assault women is always present in the media, whether they are athletes or singers or actors or politicians. And we've talked a lot about pop culture, like we've talked about famous celebrities, singers, actors, politicians, and we haven't really talked exclusively about athletes. That's right. And that's a big deal. So we decided to ruin your football season. Yep. And that's what we're going to do. We decided to make you rethink your support of the National Football League. (laughs) But this didn't come out of nowhere, right? It is football season, so that's on our mind, obviously. Some of us more than others, i.e. not me at all. But... Something that's been happening in our community recently is we had a football player for our college team recently go through some some abuse charges, and mm-hmm. that's been weighing heavily on us, would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think on the community, because it was big news. It was in the paper when he was, when he was charged, and it was mm-hmm. in the paper when he pled whatever he pled and was sentenced, and then, um, yeah, so it's been big news. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it always is when you're, you know, you have a college, a beloved college team and in your community and an athlete is charged with any crime. That's right. Yeah. Whether it's basketball players or football players, anytime it's a big deal. Yeah. So, so what happened in this particular case is this one football player from our community was charged with sexual assault, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he was convicted. Well, he pled. He pled. I think he pled. I don't want to get it wrong, but I think he pled no contest or something. I can't remember what the news article said. He was sentenced is what I remember. He was sentenced by the judge. That's right. Yeah, he received a sentence. And he was spending some jail time. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he was supposed to go play for the New Orleans Saints. He was drafted Correct. by the Saints. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But then he wasn't going to be able to go right. because he was sitting in jail. So then an appeal process began. Yeah, then something, yeah. Yep. And a different judge 
released him. Correct. Right. And what I know is that maybe a third to a half of that time was spent talking about the criminal justice system and where that had failed him and why he didn't, he shouldn't be in jail. But I will say the other half or whatever's left of that pie there was spent on the phone with his um, NFL agent talking about Mm -hmm. how important it was for him to be back in training. Otherwise he might lose his position on the team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, what a waste of what a waste of your time, right? Yeah. Like this is a judge who knows the criminal justice system in and out. He is so justice minded. You know, the stakes of your life are going to be so much of less of an impact to him than you know where the criminal justice system may have been less than perfect for you. Mm-hmm. And so I remember thinking like wow, what a weird choice to make. And then I was you know really happily surprised when he, you know, the appeal was granted and he got to go play for the mm-hmm. Saints. So, yeah, I um they signed him, the Saints signed him for $85,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of that case, um, but he is not in jail. That's right. So mm-hmm. that's that. And there is just a pattern of NFL teams, even though the NFL has had major PR crises over and over and over mm-hmm. again with gender-based violence and accusations of sexual violence and domestic violence against current former players. They continuously sign players to their teams who have been accused of or have even done time for crimes against women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the Saints. And several years ago, Jameis Winston from Florida, who was on trial for raping a girl in Florida. He was a college football player. I think he won the Heisman. Mm. And he was drafted by some team. The Titans or the Buccaneers or somebody. And so, yeah, I mean, there's just tons of players in the NFL who have been accused of sexual assault who have been, like, they're and even, like, witnesses to, like, major DV mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who maintain, who who remain on these teams and get to keep their contracts and there's no consequences. Right. And I mean, if there are consequences, it's like, you're going to sit this game out or you're, yeah, you're going to be suspended for four games. Like Ben Roethlisberger. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But it's never very infrequently. It's like, we're done. Right. Go home. Right. You know? And so in this article that I, I have an article kind of discussing NFL and gender based violence within it. And it's saying that, you know, a good to a good extent there was a lot of reform within the NFL after all the Ray Rice stuff happened Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I can't imagine if this is post-reform yeah right where they're sitting out for some games what was life like before that and I don't know because I'm not super football-y so I don't remember that conversation or anything about that but couldn't have been good you know yeah 
if this is what's better. And they, you know, obviously as advocates for domestic violence and sexual assault, we're like, this is not good enough. Right. We feel that way. And there's a lot of other community members and, and people across the nation that are like, this is not good enough, you mm-hmm. know. But there are some people that are like, we've come a long way. <laughs> we're doing great. Yeah, we're making progress. Yep. And the only reason that Ray Rice is what he is now is because it was on a surveillance camera and he knocked his fiance out cold and there was no denying that he did. And then he drug her body. I don't even think he knew if she was alive or dead into an elevator. And so like, what was, what was the NFL going to say about that? Like, well, we believe he's, he's innocent and we're going to trust the process and see how this plays out. Like they couldn't, they couldn't keep him. What a mess that would have been. No. But very free, very infrequently are there video surveillance cameras around mm-hmm. when someone commits an act of domestic violence or sexual assault. Purposefully, they're not. Right. Yeah. And so Ray Rice just was like super unlucky in that moment. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. He was super unlucky. Compared to all of his, all of his friends in the NFL who do this shit all the time and they get away with it. He just got super unlucky. Basically. I hate saying that. I mean, that's what happened. I, I see what you're saying, and I get that. And I because if he if there hadn't been a video camera there to witness him to record him knock her out, literally knock her out, and commit a felony crime, he wouldn't have paid for what he did. But there was no denying it. It just makes me so sad. Yeah, that it was that, horrible. That was the spur of the revolution to, mm-hmm. you know, provide more safety to partners of. NFL players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm putting a different spin on that, obviously, than the NFL will. But right, and the NFL talking about how they don't have, they are not going to tolerate that. Right, zero tolerance. And I think there are. I to be fair to the NFL, I'm sure there are coaches. I don't know of every. I don't know every coach in the NFL and every team stance on DV and sexual assault. So I'm not going to say that. Every coach in the NFL handles these things the same way, and every team handles these things the same way. I'm not going to say that because I don't know that, but I mean, maybe there are coaches who wouldn't tolerate that kind of behavior. There, there are. Because but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's in one of the articles that I was reading is there was one, one of the people that I'm going to talk about. He was fired immediately. Oh, great. He was fired immediately because they have a zero tolerance policy for domestic violence. Wow. That's awesome. And I don't know. I don't want to say it wrong, but for some reason in my head, in my head, it's the chiefs. Hmm. But maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And and there was a lot of controversy around that because he got fired immediately. Mm-hmm. And then other people have just been like hanging out, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which is just goes to show that like even though the NFL is like the NFL, that every team has their own process. Yeah. It's kind of like, like a federal law versus state law. Right. You know, like we all follow the same federal laws, but every state does things differently. Sure. That's how I can make it make sense. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's how it makes sense. No, is that not? <laughs> yeah, no, I guess. I I guess. Theron's face was like, mm. No, but I, I mean, they the NFL can say whatever they want, but like they can't. I don't think that they really tell coaches. I think, I think every coach has their own, every team has their own administration and their own policies about behavior and misconduct. Mm, so it's pretty hands off. Probably. Yeah. I mean, to a point. 
Unless it's like Ray Rice and the NFL's like, oh my God, no. You got to get rid of this guy. Code red. Yeah. This isn't making my job hard. Yeah, this is not good. <laughs> well, we have um, some great stories from some of our favorite NFL heroes. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> they are, though. They are They're heroes to some. They are excellent football players. They are. Sure. They're very talented. Yep. And for some young perpetrators, they're the gold standard of what you can yep. be. Yeah. And for some young boys, they are the gold standard of what you can be. And that's what's sad mm-hmm. is that they are role models, whether they want to be or not. doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if you want to be a role model or not. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You are. Yeah. So behave yourself. So we have some stories. Right. From some of our, you know, fave football players. We're going to talk about their interaction with gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. And this is just so... We had another episode, and I don't remember what we were talking about, but we talked about how layered it was. And I feel that talking about gender-based violence within the NFL is another one of those things that's so layered. Mm-hmm. You know? You have so many different things at play. Like, all of the different systems in place. Mm-hmm. The NFL is present. The legal system is present. Then you have all the perpetrators. And then what's going on in the perpetrators' lives? You know, like, mm-hmm. how, what's their abuse history? What's How does oppression play into this? Obviously, I am a sociology person, so I, I love thinking about that. But I think, it's, I think it's pretty dumb not to acknowledge that, you know, they are part of a larger framework here. Oh, yeah. The framework of the NFL, the framework of, you know... The United States. Mm -hmm. And then how do these victims get involved in this? And Mm -hmm. what does that look like for them? Mm -hmm. So this podcast, what I'm getting at, could be 20 hours long. And we're not going to do that. Right. For your sake. Right. Right. (laughs) So we're just going to touch on things briefly. But every one of these things could be talked about individually for a really long time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because these are really, like, big cases. Yeah. Well, do you want to go first? Sure. So the first, so obviously Ray Rice. Let's, right. how's Ray doing? I don't, I don't know. What's going on with Ray Rice? Um, Ray Rice is obviously not playing football and he, okay, so backtrack. So we just talked about him a little bit. So Ray mm-hmm. Rice was engaged to a woman named Janae. And Ray and Janae got into a fight, and he knocked her out. Okay. And then drug her, could have been lifeless body, into an elevator. And it was caught on camera, right? As you would. Mm -hmm. Right. So people lost their mind, and he was, he played for the Ravens. He was suspended, and then he was released because of this video. He was suspended? Yeah, he was suspended, but then the video came out. Oh, he was already suspended. Yeah. What was well, he, he was suspended for? for DV, but then the video came out. Oh, and then they're like, I don't no, think they knew there was no. a video. And then the surveillance video came out that the hotel had or the whatever, and they were like, oh, God. And so then they released him. And so he and Janae ended up getting married after oh. this happened, which we're not surprised about, oh. right? And um, he's. I think he, according to Ray Rice, has accepted that he's not, he doesn't play for the NFL anymore, that he, you know, that it was, he has talked about how, like, his 
behavior was unacceptable and he said something like that that was the first time that he had ever been the first and only time that he'd ever been violent with a woman is what he said which was what a lot of them say this makes perfect sense to me because i'm thinking if i were to journey into you know being an abusive person i think the first thing i would do was go to a public place knock out my partner and then with no regard for life or death, drag them through the halls of a hotel and into an elevator. Mm -hmm. That seems like my starting point. (laughs) Yeah. So this, that checks out to me. I I will agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he goes to a gym and he works out a lot (laughs) with like other people who are normal people. Um, And it sounds like he spends most of his time in the gym. And he says that that place, like, saved him from where he was. And so I don't know if he works at the gym or what. But basically, he doesn't play football anymore. And he works out a lot. He makes the smoothies at the gym. Yeah. He's being really vague about it because he wants it to be mysterious. But that's what happens. Yeah. And he's married to this woman now. And I don't know if they, I don't know if he has kids or what. That's all I have to say about Ray Rice. I can't imagine her life is good. No. He was cut from the team because a video showed him hitting her. I can't imagine. Now, there is a possibility that he is reformed and he now has a healthy relationship. Statistically, an unlikely possibility. That said, that could happen. He says... It says, this article says, this article in Men's Journal says that he won't discuss the incident in detail, but states unequivocally that it was the lone incident of domestic violence in his relationship. Do we argue? Yes. Who doesn't have a disagreement with their significant other? If my behavior over time was that serious, my wife wouldn't be my wife. She would have left. Okay. Which is, we know is not true. Terrific. Okay. Why didn't she just leave, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, He says it was the worst 30 seconds of his life. And that he was, he deserved that he, he was publicly crucified for it and deserved it. That's what he says. That's what he says. Or that's what, that's what he, says. well, that's what he t- said in this interview. He said, he's sorry. Um, he calls it his awful mistake. And he said, I might as well wear a sandwich board that says, hi, my name's Ray. And I hit my wife. And so this person says, this art, this journalist says at first they assumed that he was just following a crisis management playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, but he spent several days with him and he feels like he um, is truly sorry for what he did and feels the weight of what he did and all of that. So I don't know. Which is possible. I mean, maybe. We can keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, I hope he's not still abusive I to just, her. I hope he doesn't has never hurt her again, and I hope he never does ever my again. My concern, and what I've seen happen sometimes, is somebody gets caught for physical abuse, and then they say, this doesn't work anymore, I need to get sneakier. And whether that is physical violence, or if they just turn to hardcore emotional violence, that's my concern. Mm-hmm. That's my concern. Because statistically, unless you go through batterer intervention and are 100% invested in not being a batterer and acknowledging that you are a batterer, your numbers for recovery are really slim. Mm -hmm. Well, and he was not like 
booted out of the NFL permanently. He was let go from the Ravens, but he could still be drafted. Like if a team wanted to pick him up, he could go back and play. And he was a really, really good – he's a running back, I think. And he was really good. So I don't know. I think he's hopeful that they'll pick him up, that somebody will. But I think he'd be a nightmare. I don't think anyone will. I think it'll be a PR nightmare. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I don't think anyone will. I think people would lose their minds. Yeah, I, I think so. I think people would be very upset. So I think Ray needs to oh. find something else. Well, I mean, we got to we gotta give Ray props because. Yeah. I mean, he says he's sorry. And that's what he says. I will not give Ray props for that. I will give Ray props for starting this domino effect of being harsher on domestic violence perpetrators. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to give Ray any credit for for anything. I don't know. He deserves credit for. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's so unlikely that now he's a changed man. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe that is my personal bias, and I will fully admit to that. Like maybe this is just my thing. But I know the science behind better intervention success. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like going to the gym a lot. In no. And I don't know what kind of, I mean, this article, I didn't, I just skimmed it. I didn't read it. I, I don't, I don't know if he went to batter intervention or counseling or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, he didn't. He's just not talking about it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. He at least had, he had a consequence for what he did, right? Like he lost his job, but at the same time, he still, he sued the Ravens. He got $1.53 million from the Ravens because they owed him, like he, they, kicked him out of their team and they owed him money. So he still got money and he got to marry this woman who he is supposedly loves. But I mean, those were, that was his consequence, but look what it took. Mm-hmm. It took her being humiliated. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. if you watched like media coverage of that case, like that woman just broke your heart. She was just humiliated because not mm-hmm. only was there like a video of her in the worst, probably scariest moment of her life being knocked out by her fiance. Yeah. But then the public, the the media scrutiny around it was just ruthless. It was horrible. I remember that. It was awful. And now I assume she gets all the shade for oh, still being totally. with him. Oh, yeah. People are probably like, what an idiot. How or, stupid is she? That must not have really happened. Or, yeah, it must not have been that bad. Because, like, the, the nice author of this article, if, if I had been that extreme with my wife... She wouldn't be my wife. Well, yeah, and people can acknowledge, like, yeah, this happened because we saw it happen, but it only happened that one time, and it never happened before, and it's never happened since. Because otherwise she wouldn't be there. Because she wouldn't be with me. Which we know... Is bullshit. Is, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have questions as to why we know that, you should go back to the one of our first episodes of the podcast where we talk about domestic violence mm-hmm. and all of the elements of domestic violence because it is so much more complicated. Or just listen to literally any of our podcasts yeah. <laughs> because we talk about that so much, about yeah. how hard it is to leave and why it's ridiculous when people say, why doesn't she just leave? Right. Because that is ignorant, Yep, I will say. Yep. I was trying to think of a softer judgment to no it is but it really is it It is it comes from a place of ignorance and it's not like a place of being bad it's just a place of not understanding Mm -hmm. and so if this is you get some more information because this there are 500 reasons Mm -hmm. why she wouldn't leave and there's 500 reasons why she's still married to him Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. whether he's abusive or not. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that we should each talk about one of the people on our list because four hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I th- I hope you pick my favorite one. That I picked your favorite? So for me to talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of yours is my favorite. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I... Well, I, I want to mention Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. That's fine. Just for a second. Okay. Well, I will talk about Ezekiel Elliott really quick. Mm -hmm. He's very handsome. Mm -hmm. He plays for the Cowboys. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. Um, He seems to be a good player Mm -hmm. as well. Um, But he has a long, winding road of gender-based violence. Hmm. And a lot of it is with one person. Hmm. I'm sure there are other people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure he's had other victims, but there's a long winding road with, with one of his partners. And it started back in, shoot, 2014? Mm-hmm. Does he still play for the Cowboys? Mm, I think so. I don't know, actually. Maybe he's suspended. He receives the baseline six-game suspension for domestic violence, but that was in 2014. He plays for the Cowboys right now. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so it starts out with this victim of his, and she describes her relationship with Ezekiel as, like, friends with benefits. Oh, okay, so they're not, like, serious. They're not, like, together. Well. According to her. Yeah. But... She texted one of his old teammates, mm-hmm. and he got crazy psycho on her. Oh, so it's not just cash. No. No. He's got feelings. Clearly, yes. Right. Yeah. She describes them, I think, what their stated relationship is, friends with benefits. Sure. Which, in their relationship, looks a lot like she is solely devoted to him, <laughs> yeah. and then he sleeps with everyone. <laughs> sure. Which is typically what which we is assume. what, yeah. Yeah, which totally checks out. Yeah. Because he has had multiple, multiple, multiple partners, and she didn't even sleep with anyone else. She texted one of his old teammates, and that was it. Boom. Done. Yeah. Incident incited. This was the first time the police were called. That we know of. Mm -hmm. That's reported in this incident. And so, basically, what happened is he was angry over something called a social media incident. Oh. I don't know what that might be. I don't know either. And that could have been her messaging an old teammate. That could be the same thing. Could have been her posting a picture that he thought was a little too much. Mm, Yeah. Maybe it was a little too revealing. I don't know. I don't know. But what happened is he freaked out. This is his report. Okay. This is what he says. Yes. He said it was a social media incident. Real low key. Didn't go well. He got upset and he asked her to leave. Mm -hmm. He then... Locked himself in his room. And uh, then she came after him and grabbed his waist. And then he tried to, like, gently push her away. Okay. But isn't he, like, eight feet tall? So And she's, like, four feet tall? That is what he told the police after she was examined by paramedics. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> what she told the police... Was that, obviously, you know, it was a, she was. (laughs) Examined by paramedics. The only reason I'm laughing is because if the paramedics roll up 
They're not just coming for like a woman who was like gently moved aside by her husband or boyfriend after grabbing him around the waist. Like no. these guys are, this is like, it's paramedics. Yeah. They come in cases of like bleeding, broken bones, strangulation, laceration. Which we're laughing because this is hilarious to us. Because his story is so stupid. And we found as we were kind of sitting here reading through a bunch of horrific domestic violence incidents with NFL players that very frequently their stories were exactly the same. They are. The other one that we have is the same. Yeah, like a fight broke out. We got upset. I asked her to leave. (laughs) I locked myself in my bedroom. I removed myself. And then I don't know what happened. But... People ended up with broken limbs. I don't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> but tell she you. came after me, and somehow I have no marks on me. I'm fine. And she's got bruises from head to toe, and was strangled. Self defense. Yeah, totally. Self defense for me. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. She's the primary aggressor in this situation. <laughs> so what she told the police were was that she got upset because he had a phone call with somebody called a marketing agent. Mm-hmm. That's in quotes. Mm-hmm. But basically, she knew that he was getting drugs. Ew, really? Upset about it. Yeah. And so at that point, there was kind of an argument between the two. And she said that Ezekiel shoved her against the wall multiple times and pinned her. And there were thumbprint bruises on her arms. Oh. So not just like pushing away. He was like grabbing her. Grabbing. Hard. Yeah. Which is really scary to me because. He's 225 pounds. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and not even just like stocky 225 pounds like pure muscle yeah he's six feet tall that's the thing that scares me about nfl players and professional athletes he's a running back he's huge is that we work with survivors of domestic violence all the time and sometimes we'll see pictures of the perpetrator and they look scary Mm -hmm. but they look like people Mm -hmm. you know and they do crazy damage Mm -hmm. like emergency room damage really scary stuff and i can't imagine being in a position where the same level of force or aggression was used as one of our dinky Wyoming perpetrators with an NFL player. Yeah. That terrifies me. Yeah. To the point where it makes perfect sense that he pinned her against the wall and she has indentations on her skin where his fingers were. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. So what Ezekiel said is that... Um, No, this is what she said. And this is such a red flag. She said that when he realized what he was doing, just like every other time, he stopped. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. So that indicates that this is a very, like, we have this cycle of violence going on, right? Mm -hmm. So when he realizes what he's doing, like every other time, he stops and he says, just come to bed and lay down with me. Hmm. Which is so basic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, totally. That's just so basic. It's like, what kind of relationship are you okay in? Does a relationship sound like when you had an argument? All relationships have arguments. That is not the issue. Sure. And some relationships are like, okay, had an argument. This was intense. We're fighting. Let's just go to bed. Mm-hmm. We can talk about this more later. Mm-hmm. At one point, at what point is it okay to have in the middle of that? be pinned against a wall and have bruising where his fingers were Mm -hmm. and then end it with let's just let's just go to bed Mm -hmm. we'll talk about this later Mm -hmm. no this is straight up dv Mm -hmm. this is straight up dv and it's been disputed because just like many of the other 
a common theme in all of the instances with NFL players that I read with domestic violence is there were charges and then they were dropped and there were charges and then they were dropped. And that's a similar thing here is, is she came in and out of, you know, cooperation with law enforcement, which is very typical. Yeah. But this story goes on and on and on and on. For example, in another thing, it was kind of the same story and, um, she, he was really rude to her. She tried to leave and he got really aggressive. And at one point she says that he was like just smiling and laughing. Ew. And she tried to leave. Um, and he, and he pushed her and then locked the door. And of course his statement is, I didn't push her and I was trying to unlock the door. So she he pushed could leave. Her. Oh, so he like locked her in Yeah, the house. so fighting is happening. Very possible. I haven't read this all the way through. Very possible. It was like a get out, mm-hmm. leave. Just like in all of these stories. I'd like you to leave very calmly and politely as he smiles and locks the door so she can't leave. You know, this this just checks out through and through with Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. It just sounds 100% right. So all this time, though, he gets drafted. He starts to work with the Cowboys. Um... This is coming out, and he's working with the NFL. This is coming out, and he's working with the NFL. Um, The victim reports five instances of violence. So at one point, she told police. So he was traveling a lot, is what was happening, because he was, you know, training and doing football stuff. And at one point, he got back to Columbus, which is where she was, and I think where he lives, So they go back to Columbus. She picks him up from the airport and they hang out with some friends for, I don't know, until 3.30 a.m. I don't know what time they got in. Mm -hmm. They spend a couple days together. Um, After a few days, Elliot told police that she had been abused five times between July 17th and July 22nd. This woman? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Five times within the course of... What is that? A week? Mm -hmm. A week? A work week? Five days? Um, And and the NFL determined that he was. They have proof. Oh. To which Ezekiel says that he has never been abusive toward a woman. Doesn't matter that she has pictures on her phone Mm -hmm. and that you have seen that NFL. I've never been abusive to a woman, so I can't. Whatever. (laughs) I can't own up to that one. Correct. Yeah. Um, So... Same incident over and over again, you know, with the with the fighting and the pinning and the bruising on the arms mm-hmm. and then the leave and then can't leave. You know, this kind of plays out a bunch of times. And at one point, she wants to talk to him about their unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And basically what this meant was that he was cheating a lot. Mm. So at some point, they become more than just friends with benefits, right? Yeah. And he is cheating a lot. And so she tells him, you know, that while they were on one of their breaks, they're together now, but while they were on one of their breaks, like we're not dating anymore, she had been with another man. He loses it. He loses it. And she ends up with a bruise on her right forearm and uh, bruising on on her face. And she tried to block it. She's pretty mangled. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she said that this had previously happened multiple times when she talked with the police. Was he ever criminally... Like, if, if she had all these bruises and stuff, was he ever charged with There's domestic violence? There's a lot violence? of police reports. I haven't come to a point in this timeline where he's ever gone to court for anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she, That's interesting. Yeah, she told... Well, it's something about a district attorney here. So at some point, he must be getting charged or something. And so she told she told the counselor in the DA's office that he has lost control and yanked me into a wall and busted the side of my jaw many times. In the police report, there was never anything about strangulation, but she did say that that, that did happen on July 17th. And this happened, it came out in an interview. So not ever to like a police officer, but I think maybe within like the, the legal proceedings that Ezekiel called her a bitch and came over by my side, dragged me out of bed and threw me up against the door in his bedroom. Then he placed his right hand around my neck and started choking me. Um, she said that that lasted about 20 to 30 seconds. God. Mm-hmm. Which is... That's so scary. Because how long does it take to kill somebody? Not long. Like a few seconds. Yeah. Six seconds. Yeah. That's what I have in my head. Um, with his giant football hands. Right. She said she started to cry and he asked her if he was, if she was okay. Oh God. Mm -hmm. Shut up. She said no and he apologized. And then he acted like nothing had ever happened. And the bottom line is, is he's the fourth highest paid running back in the league. Mm -hmm. In 2020, he Mm -hmm. will be the fourth highest paid running back in the league. And he enjoys yeah he enjoys a very lucrative income playing football for the dallas cowboys that's right to this day and you wonder like why is it so hard to pin him with these things why is it so hard why is why was this happening for years before you know a district attorney was ever involved and it's things like this where elliot enlisted one of his friends ezekiel had one of his friends send an affidavit saying that he was there during the time that all of the alleged abuse happened and he didn't witness a fight at all no evidence of injury, no bruising, no scrapes, no screaming, no nothing. So he just got one of his goons to, like, mm-hmm. back him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, this this timeline goes on forever and ever and ever. He just keeps another incident, maybe a year later... Um, are they, are, how, are they still together, him and this woman? I don't know. I haven't gotten to the bottom of the timeline. Oh, good lord. Um, but he told her that she was lucky that he hadn't killed her yet. Well, that's not And she said, he told her, you're in my house, you're my puppy dog. Ew. And when she tried to leave, he replied, no, sit the F down. Okay, well, isn't that like felonious restraint? I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. Multiple charges could be filed <laughs> against this guy. He told her, we're spending the whole day together. You have no choice but to. And she spent all that day with him while he cried and apologized and said, it's just, it's just tough love. I love you too much. Oh, no. Which is what we hear all the time. The reason that I believe these things that these victims say is because they all say the same thing. I agree. I agree. Like, they all, like, they, they, you can't make this stuff up because we said, we have said so many times, even Lundy has said, like, 
these guys are all the same. I agree. And so, mm-hmm. like, that kind of crap is just, like, if you've met one batterer, you've met all batterers. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, they all just say the same bullshit. That's right. I, I love you too much. I'm so sorry. All this crap. It's just crap. It's all the same and stuff, And that's why too. we know that these women aren't lying, because mm-hmm. it's all the same. Because the only people who could think of that shit are these these perps, these batterers. That victims couldn't make that crap up. They just couldn't. I will say that when I am talking to survivors of domestic violence and they're telling me what happened and there's so much shame and fear, I very rarely am surprised by anything they say. It's all the same stuff. Mm -hmm. There have been maybe three instances Mm -hmm. within the last two years where I've been like, oh. I haven't heard that before. Haven't heard that one before. Yeah. Or that's new. You know, and even though it is new and I might be like, oh about it it's it it's not surprising no, it's just it's like just oh new. this is a new this is a new twist we're taking here mm-hmm. it's all the same thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. it is Ugh, there's some really it's so gross here. he's not he's not nice to her he's super 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 violent yeah it's really scary oh, here's another affidavit from another friend who slept across the hall didn't hear a thing Oh, there's another one. All the while, she's sending pictures to her aunt and her mom of visible bruising. So this is OJ. Yeah. All over again, basically. Because OJ was very violent with Nicole. Very. And people knew it. I mean, and law enforcement had been called multiple times. She had photographs of bruising on her face, all over her body. I mean, the difference is, is she was married to him mm-hmm. and they had children. But, I mean, this guy's just as violent as he is, was, is. Oh, yeah, there's text conversations here. This is rough. This is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's our friend Ezekiel Elliott. And I will say this article. Oh. So this this website put together a timeline from the beginning to the end, and I'm halfway through. Oh my gosh. I wonder, you should scroll to the bottom and see if they are still, like who, if they're still together. What's what, happening now? Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, Let's if this see. woman and him are still together or. Okay, so the NFL is now, we're in 2017. Oh, okay. November. The NFL is very involved. Um, oh, this is, I don't even know if we should talk about this because I think it's going to make you upset. Oh, great. So basically what's happened is now he's involved with the criminal justice system as well as the NFL. Oh. Um, so interesting. He's in court in New York and Texas. And I don't know why I'm going to have to read all of this later. This is so interesting. So basically restraining order is filed. Um, through a New York court, and he's in a Fifth Circuit court in Texas, and going on a suspension. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, a federal court in New York granted Elliot temporary restraining order that once again puts his suspension on hold. Elliot will play against the 49ers in Week 7, but the TRO only lasts until October 30th, or until the presiding judge, who is currently on vacation, hears the case. I found this article that says that he, it does sound like he has a new girlfriend. Her name's Hallie Woodard. 
And it says this article says that he she was with him throughout the NFL investigation into his relationship with Tiffany Thompson, who it sounds like is this mm-hmm. girl that got beaten up all the time by him. And she's been right by his side during the whole ordeal. Oh, that's good. And you his mother loves her. Good. So his suspension is on again, off again. Um, there's a judge involved, basically. Um, what's the what's NFLPA? PA. I don't know. They file an emergency motion with a higher court. Players Association, maybe? Yeah, that's it. Um, Elliot is granted an emergency stay and can play on Sunday. So he now can play the weekend of this court thing. So all the while he's going through this court process and still playing all the games. So. He sounds. Like a dream. Ugh, I wonder how this new girl is doing. Hallie Woodard. Not great. Hallie Woodard. I I guarantee, I would bet my job on the fact that she's not doing great. Yeah, probably not. She's a nurse. Oh. And she's from Iowa. She's a nurse. I was just going to say that's good. Yeah. Because she well, can, you know, take care of herself. She can take care of herself. Yeah. Which sounds sad, but it's the truth. Ugh, these poor women. So let's talk about Greg Hardy. Okay, this is my favorite one. Because Greg Hardy is a straight this is up my favorite toolbox. one. It's my favorite one. So Greg Hardy is an ex-NFL player, and he used to play for the Carolina Panthers. Um, He was very good. And in, let's see, what year was it? 2014, 16, something like that. He... He was dating this girl named Nicole, and he, it was in 2015. He and Nicole, so Nicole was a waitress at a bar in North Carolina in Charlotte. And there had been multiple incidences of domestic violence between him and Nicole, always with him being a primary aggressor. Um... And Deadspin got their hands on a police report and other police reports that lay out, again, another timeline and also photographs of her abuse and um, and their relationship, basically. So they met in 2012 and he had been playing for Carolina for two years. He was seeing her roommate and they started dating Um and got pretty serious. He was dating her roommate. Mm-hmm. And then they started dating. Yeah, he was okay. seeing her roommate. But then he started dating Nicole. Cool. They got pretty serious. She moved in right away. And he denies that she moved in. But she says she moved in with him. Um, she had, I mean, either way, she had keys to his apartment. Okay. So, I mean, whatever. So, he, she said that they since they started dating in September, by Christmas, he was at, he was calling her a slut and a whore, and being very verbally abusive to her. And um, by March, he had kicked her out of the apartment because he was tired of fighting and he needed to focus on football, so he kicked her out. Good. Um, And it was always up and down. Things were really bad, or they were really good, basically. Um, And so in 2014... um, 
Nicole gets a text from Greg's friend or his personal assistant and his manager asking her and her friend to come hang out at his apartment. So they go over there to hang out and they go out and they, first of all, in the apartment, there's like a pile of assault rifles on a futon. That's what's in my apartment too. (laughs) So they took a picture of it and put it on Snapchat with the caption casual on it. Because there was all these assault rifles, like, all over the apartment. All legally owned, I would assume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Nicole brings champagne, and they drink, and they did shots, and then, um, sounds like they got pretty drunk. And so, um, they went to a bar, and then (laughs) Greg becomes very agitated, because while they're at this bar, a Nelly song comes on the radio. And he does not like Nelly because... Why does he not like Nelly? Well, because one time when him and Nicole had a fight, he left her, he was rude to her and left her at a bar and she went back to the Ritz-Carlton with Nelly. <laughs> so... I mean, we've all been there. Right. We've all been so there. So Greg doesn't like Nelly. So now Greg's that's in a, a piss poor mood. That's a little PTSD right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now he's in a really bad mood. So they leave the bar... And they go back to Greg's apartment and the friends are there at the apartment and Greg joins Nicole in a small bedroom and it was, it was like an office, but it acted as a bedroom and it had a bathroom attached to it. And she said it didn't really make a lot of sense. They were just laying on the bed talking. They were getting along fine. And then he started bringing up the past about how that one time when she went home with Nellie and all this stuff. And he called her a slut and accused her of ruining their relationship. That, that was it. That's yep. it. Yep. And so she tried to get up because she's like, I'm not doing this. So she tries to get up and he pushes her. And then she started fighting back. And so he threw her into the bathroom and she hit the back of the shower wall and fell into the bathtub and he pulled her out of the tub and dragged her by her hair and threw her on to the futon with all of these assault rifles on it. He threw her onto all these assault rifles and then he stood over her and strangled her and told her he was going to kill her. And she said in that moment, he looked crazy. Like his pupils were really tiny and he just looked, she said she'd never seen him look like that before. And he was strangling her, and I guess she told him, like, go ahead and do it. Kill me then. Whatever. And so she said, I'm not afraid to die. And so then he, he snapped out of it, jumps off of her, grabs his phone out of his pocket, starts screaming for, Kurt, for his friend, for this Curtis guy, his manager. And then he starts, she's, like, laying there. He just strangled her. And then she starts trying to agitate her. And record, and like, is recording her, right? Because yeah. he wants to show that she's crazy. That this was her fault. Yep. He didn't strangle her. She was insane. So yeah. nothing she can say can be trusted. Yeah. And so then Curtis grabs her, bear hugs her, and yanks her into the kitchen. And so then Hardy calls 911 and claimed to have been a victim of domestic violence. Yep. There it is. And so then basically she leaves the apartment. She sees the cops and she starts running away. And they get to her. She was barefoot, hysterically crying. She's very small. And they start talking to her. And she tells them what happened. And she pulls down her dress. And there's just tons of bruises on her. Mm. Tons of bruises. What Greg Hardy would want you to believe. Oh, good, good, good. Greg Hardy would want you to believe that she got really mad at him. And 
because he wouldn't have sex with her. She got really mad. And she left, and he left the room. He left her because he's like, no, I'm not having sex with you. You're too drunk. Gonna remove myself. This isn't Mm -hmm. very respectful. That's right. And I'm respectful. Consent is key. Totally. Mm -hmm. So he leaves the room and he goes to sleep in the living room. And she got so mad. She just started slamming all the doors in the apartment. Slam, slam, slam. And she, he goes, he said that she said, you want to see crazy? I'll show you crazy. And then she threw herself into the bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what caused all the bruises all over her. Because she cannonballed into the bathtub. She just did a a small cannonball into the bathtub. Because she was pissed. Because she wanted to have sex with him and he didn't want to. That's right. Yep. That's how I would have handled it. trying to coerce him. And so she was very angry. And that's what happened. But this... Well, you know what probably happened? She probably tried to get a hold of Nelly, and he was busy. Yep. And so she's just like, I'll show him. I'm going to jump right into your bathtub. Yep. With you're no never, water in it. You're never going to know what happened to your bathtub. <laughs> I'm going to destroy your tile bathtub with Nothing. my 100-pound body. Nothing left in your bathtub. Nothing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy Not your bathroom. Me. Yep. And so, except for this other woman who's asleep in the apartment, was like, well... I heard scuffling and fighting and it sounded like she was being slammed in the wall and dragged across the floor and she was yelling, what are you going to do? Break my arm. (laughs) Which she's talking to the bathtub. Right. Right. Because the bathtub became very aggressive. The bathtub was the aggressor here. Mm -hmm. So all of the violence that happened, Mm -hmm. we can assume it was the bathtub's fault. Yep. Yep. So the best part of the whole story. There's more? There's more. better? Is that... Mr. Hardy retired from the NFL, and now guess what he has chosen for his career? Oh. Oh, no, Farron. He is an MMA fighter. Yep, there it is. And he does UFC stuff, and he's really good. Well, you know, with a bathtub like that, I would assume you'd have to get really good in self-defense. <laughs> I assume so, because you know that I mean? is an aggressive tub. If you have a tub in your house that's like that, yeah. you're going to have to get pretty good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's what, now you know why he's my favorite. So, obviously. long story long about like the court stuff, he basically reached a settlement with the victim and she quit cooperating with the DA and his record ended up being expunged and he is clean as a whistle and fighting with people in the MMA. And in the bathtub. But he's ridiculous. And the reason this is funny is because, once again, if you've heard one batterer, you've heard them all. Yeah. And how many times have we heard these guys be like, well, she was being totally crazy, and I was defending myself. And I tried to leave. Tried to leave. She was out of control. She was out of control. And so I had to karate kick her in the sternum and strangle her. That's what I was thinking. To get her to stop assaulting my bathtub. And slamming all of my doors. I have property value in this Yeah, home. I can't just have her slamming all the doors and breaking all my shit. That's I can't right. go to Home Depot every weekend. I can forcibly remove her. Yeah. And if it has to be by her neck and her hair and I break her arm, well, she shouldn't have been slamming my doors and jumped in my bathtub. That was an expensive clawfoot tub. <laughs> Obviously, this hits close to home for us. Yeah. <laughs> because we are infuriated. Yeah. This no, is seriously, just it so happens dumb. all the time. Yeah. All the time. So we dumb. We hear this crap. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like one time we had a perpetrator who was 
she left. She went to stay with a friend and he shows up there screaming, crazy, banging on the windows, banging on the doors, all this stuff. And the cops come and they're like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And he goes, well, I have a right to be here and do this. She's my wife. <laughs> and the cops were like, no, you don't. I don't. You don't have the right Not to bang all. on everyone's door in the three in the morning. Ooh. Go home. But he was like, what do you mean? She's my wife and she's in there. And I have the right to be here. She's mine. Yeah. They're just all so dumb. I can, I can monitor my property. Ugh. So dumb. And so while there's DV, there is rampant sexual assault. So quick. We are so, so quick. Let's time. talk about Ben Roethlisberger, okay. who so raped quick. a girl in a bar. Okay. Raped Sparkness. a girl in a bar. And that was the second time he'd been, been accused of rape. And he was suspended for four games. Let's also talk about Antonio Brown, who just went crazy on Twitter, deleted all his tweets, but social media lasts forever. Screenshots are forever. And was cut from the Patriots because he threatened a woman who said that he assaulted her after the Patriots told him not to talk to her anymore. So Mm -hmm. they cut him from the team. And he's already been accused of rape by a former athletic trainer. Let's also talk about Kareem Hunt who is a great football player, but also great at assault. (laughs) And so because of that, he has a lengthy history of assault and domestic assault. And mysteriously, all the charges keep getting dropped. Hmm. Except for the weapons charge. Oh. For the weapon that was involved with the domestic violence incident and Mm -hmm. left on the bathroom floor. Mm. This is everywhere. Yep. This is everywhere. Yep. And I wanted to have more time to talk about why. Like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. But we absolutely don't. No. Maybe we can do a second. Part two. I guess so. Because it's important. Because there are a billion reasons. Yeah. And Van and I talked about them very briefly before we started this podcast. Yeah. So I was like, there are so many things here. There's, there, there's the horrific stories, but then there's everything that is attached to them and what they are built upon. Mm-hmm. And... The power dynamics in those that are wealthy. Mm-hmm. And then we also have to acknowledge that a lot of the people involved in these stories are minorities. Mm-hmm. And they are oppressed populations. Mm-hmm. And how does that play into mm-hmm. it? And mm-hmm. if you've been oppressed your whole life, then what does your life look like? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people have abuse histories of being abused themselves. And then they're also always in the media. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What is this added pressure? Of th- we could talk about this for 12 years, and mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that we can't, but we'll have to do another episode. Yeah, we have to because it's interesting. I'd, lo- I'd really like to unpack all of this. Yeah. But honestly, it's their fault for having such crazy stories. Yeah, They is. take too long to explain. They do. Yeah, there's like a lot. <sighs> wow. Well, the next time you watch your... Uh... Yeah, the next time you watch football, Monday night football, mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon football, right. just... Maybe think for a minute about how the NFL chooses to handle these situations and what the NFL truly values. Mm-hmm. And who are you seeing on your screen? Mm-hmm. And boy, are they good at a tackle. Mm-hmm. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Leave it at that. Yep. Yep. I hope we didn't ruin football. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, that's going to be all of, all of the emails oh, and the God. reviews we get. You ruined football yep. and I'm never listening to your podcast again. Yep. Yep. Well, as long as we ruined football. <laughs> You're like, I'm fine with it. I don't care. <laughs> well, if you ever need an advocate for any reason, even if you're a football player, we'll still provide you services. Yeah. Absolutely. Not all will. football players are abusive. No. No. Very few are. Not. 
Give us a call. Even if you're not in Laramie or Wyoming, we can get you connected to your local program. Yeah, our hotline is 307-745-3556. That's right. That's right. Call us 24-7, anytime. Any, anytime. Day or night. Anytime. Yep. We'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> and have a really good week. Yeah, have a great week. Bye. Bye.